Welcome to Entropy Rising, a 4E D&D podcast, brought to you through a generous grant by the LTM Gaming Foundation. When we left our heroes, they were sailing on the ship of Captain Jalarama, and after being becalmed in a fog, had discovered that someone, or something, was being held below decks. Now, let's join the podcast, already in progress. As the morning progresses, I'm just going to keep moving the story along, and if you guys want to do something, just interject. Okay. Um, as the morning proceeds along, maybe four hours later, this the sun is higher now, but the only reason you know that is that the color of the fog has changed. It's no longer tinged. It's just sort of bright. Like, imagine it's like a really foggy night, and you decide to put your brights on. There's just brightness everywhere. And, uh... I wear my sunglasses at night. Lakshmi has come up, and she joins Jalarama on the bridge. And they sort of converse quietly. Um, oh, damn it. I should have been up there to try it over here. <laughs> it's really yeah. foggy. Maybe they won't notice. Well, I'm, I'm actually purposely staying next. I wanna, I'm trying to listen if there's like more activity behind this door. The Ooh. guys who were Sorry. up top come down. And actually, everybody's below deck at this point. That's not... The captain and Lakshmi? Yes, exactly. The captain and the first mate are both up at the wheel, and the rest of the crew is all below deck. This lasts for about 15 minutes, and then uh, Lakshmi calls for a reading, and when she realizes that no one is on the deck, she... uh, will run down oh, weird. stairs. What's weird? I, that. That. <laughs> the map or me talking? No, it's weird that she would leave. It's it's weird oh. that they all... Yeah, I'm just saying the situation's that getting they, weirder. Oh, the situation's weird that, that they he, all went He's that. setting up the him pulling out an axe and killing someone. Oh. Well, this seems odd. <laughs> no. <laughs> T- TJ setting up me pulling out an axe and killing Oh, someone. fair enough. Perhaps my blade of justice will fix this situation. <laughs> you don't like kill it. This boat needs some speed holes in the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> so Lakshmi comes down and uh, has a conversation that Wuthal and Aerith, who are sitting right by the grate, can overhear to some degree. Because she's not screaming at the top of her lungs, she's just talking loudly. You can roll perception if you want to try and hear what she's saying. Can I? Um, Aren't you standing right there? Yeah, I mean... Ugh. I I am not going to perceive this. I've got a ten. Okay. So, let me just be clear about this. They... You back down. I was under the impression that Kafan left along with Gwen, and that's when the guys left as well. No. No. I, I want to stay in he, that room. You you have been a total dick about where his character is this whole time, and he didn't move <laughs> it. So I'm like, no, ooh, no, no. let's see where wait, this wait. goes. But what I was getting at is I didn't know if you left and then did try and sneak back. No, no, him. no. Okay, okay. That's that's all I was unclear on. So if that's the case, they were the last ones to leave. He, he did uh, Grandpa no, walking no, no. into the bordello. <laughs> and then just walks in a circle and comes back. <laughs> back out, take his head back. I was just going to say that maybe the sailors would have closed the door behind them, 
but I don't think there's any reason that they would have. So yes, you can roll perception. I got a 20 total. Okay, you can hear this. Steve, you can hear sort of a tone, but you can't really hear the individual words. Got it. So Paul, what you hear is, you two are supposed to remain on deck at all times until you're relieved. That is how this works. You are all allotted a tremendous amount of freedom considering the type of ship that we run. We like to keep you rested. We like to keep you relaxed. We like to keep you refreshed. But there is no room for abandoning your post. Now you need to get back up there. I need you, and I think Callan was the one who was supposed to be on duty, right? Or no. I need you, Gregor, to be manning that mast. And he starts to say, but what if... For what wit, and then before he can even finish, she says, quiet. And then she says, and you, Sage, I want you to be out manning the prow because I want to make sure that we do not run aground of anything or collide with anyone. Do I make myself clear? And they look, okay, so now he looks like a Yeah, I moved out. Just okay. Then she started um, yelling. I moved out. Right. They do not look cowed, as Steve suggested. They look not enraged, but they are not happy with the situation. But they are not saying anything further. And uh, with that, she sort of stands there, stares at them, and they eventually go and they climb their ladder. Gregor mans the mast, and Sage goes to the bow, and she says to the rest of them, continue your free time, but the next time that someone abandons their post, expect the rest of you to remind them that it results in no good for anyone when one person chooses not to do their share of work. And then she heads back up. Hmm. And uh, she actually passed on the other side of the mass below deck, so she and she wasn't even really paying attention, so she did not see, or if she did, she did not say anything to Kafan. Okay, I am going to quickly go up and find Gwen, and I say to you, uh, there seems to be some dissension, or I'm not sure what else to call it, but uh, trouble with the crew. Do you perhaps want to speak again with the captain? I just just want to keep you informed. I'm going to return back below decks. Okay. I think we'll just let it go for now again. I think, you know, she was agitated that we're disturbing her while she's trying to control her ship in this weather. But uh, perhaps at a later time we'll bring it up. Understood. But yeah, yeah, keep an eye out for anything more. And if you see anything, let us know. I'll just go back down. I might overturn pail. You overturn the pail. It's filled with vomit. Oh, <laughs> and a note from Boothel. <laughs> Sucker! <laughs> um, so, sitting next to Boothel during this whole thing, okay. he, just, does he react at all? Is there, a, is there anything that he does in any, in any fashion besides um, just looking ill? He, he doesn't look so ill anymore. He just kind of looks a little bit... I mean, I guess he looks ill in that he looks pale. But um, he doesn't look like green or like he's going to be sick anymore. Just looks like he's tired and a little bit weak. But, I mean, he was listening to what was being said and uh, just kind of like 
maybe at one point, if you looked over, you would have seen him, like, give a curt, like, mm-hmm, like a, you know, agree, agreeable-sounding harumph and a nod of his head as though he was, like, agreeing with her or what was being, or the tone that was being used. After after a little bit, Boothel will turn to Aerith and say, is there, is there no one else on this ship for you to bother? I didn't realize I was bothering you. In what way am I bothering you? <laughs> I, I suppose you aren't today, Please detail Laddie. the myriad ways in which I annoy you. <laughs> please, please list them alphabetically. <laughs> that might better catalog them. <laughs> so when you ask him, he says, I suppose you aren't bothering me. I suppose I'm just in How a about fouler now? than usual. <laughs> fouler than usual. How about now? <laughs> I'm sorry. All I can think of is Baldur's Gate and Nuber. So, does Kafan hear anything outside of the door uh, as we wait for the fog to lift or something else to happen? Ever since the conversation stopped outside the door, it has been quiet in the room. No. Is it an albatross? It, what? I said, is it an albatross? Hard to know until you get inside. Mm. So, at a... Uh... Oh no, it's the rolling ball come to finish the job. But oh before. god, no! They <laughs> <laughs> packed it up. Mostly we deal in rolling uh, balls. Imports and exports. Yeah. You know, the uh, these uh, kobolds stopped paying their uh, payment, so we had to come and repossess. <laughs> at, a, uh, at a certain point, the shift switches amongst the sailors. It's hard to tell because time goes slowly and the su- with the sun being so obscured by the fog, you can't really track its movement, so it's hard to tell exactly what time it is. But it does feel like quite a while has passed. Like, it should be well past lunchtime by now. Um, you know, well past midday. And still, the fog covers what you can see. And still, the sails puff out a little bit every now and then, but not too often. At a certain point, Jalarama hits the wheel in disgust, like you see it spin. Um, the boat doesn't really turn too much, and after a minute, she just walks away from it, and Lakshmi jumps up and puts the wheel back to the position that it was in and stands in front of the wheel and takes it for a while. Jalarama comes down and uh, walks over to Gwen and says... Uh, I believe you are the spokesman for your group. If you would like, uh, now would be an agreeable time to discuss the room below deck. Sure. Uh, you can meet me in my quarters. Okay. <laughs> Aaron's already calmly sitting in here. <laughs> I assume when did you get here? I thought we were supposed to be here the whole time. <laughs> I, I knew we would eventually talk in here. You have a nice collection of thongs. <laughs> she's trying on her clothes. It's, no, he's rooting through her. Th- he's not trying on. He's not a weirdo. <laughs> wait, like wait, wait. I'm pretty sure the one thing we've established about Aerith's character is that he's a big weirdo. <laughs> yes. Except, um... I, I don't want to look like a... I don't want to look like an idiot. <laughs> or a freak. I'll, I'll take the moo-moo. <laughs> She she does invite you all the way into her quarters, though, not just to her dining area. Okay. It is a tight fit. Is Kafan 
No, Kapan doesn't. No one has told Kapan anything. He's just sitting on his bucket next to the door. And I, that's, I'm just, as the GM, asking if anyone was planning to. Mm. I figured that he was standing watch over there, mm-hmm. and that's what he wanted to do. We don't want him going off half-cocked. <laughs> Penis. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh... Were you waiting for more penis jokes? He was trying to get a rise out of us. <laughs> so, wait. Is this, is this week's episode brought to us by Viagra? No, it's not brought to us by Viagra. Because even if that uh, magic blue pill wanted to, they don't support us yet. Oh, how about Cialis? No. They haven't done so much as provide us with bath, matching bathtubs that we can sit in the field with our wives. Mm. <laughs> so what, what's with Aerith? Is he coming in? Oh, we went further in. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. that hadn't been That's revealed okay. yet. So, did Boothle actually take the time to come in? Boothle did come in. Yeah, I'm just shocked. I just figured he wouldn't care. Okay, never mind. Go next. Well, allow me to perhaps be a bit more frank. Uh, if just Aerith and Gwen came, she would have gone or asked, like, "Would you please bring your dwarven friend in as well?" Like she would have been. Specific to me. But she's sure not concerned. She's not concerned. It. She's not concerned about cat cat fan though. No, she's not. Huh. Well, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Seems about right. She says, "I uh, thank you for the patience. I feel that today and perhaps tomorrow could be a long day. First, I I should I regret to inform you." This is not going to be a fast trip. The headwind that I thought we had yesterday has clearly left us. Right now we are stalled. I I would be surprised if we made much distance at all today. I doubt very much that we'll we can expect the winds to return tomorrow, but we can certainly hope. Now, regarding the room below, I apologize. I did assume that you knew more of the arrangement. Otherwise, I would have discussed with you yesterday when things were moving moving along smoothly. Oh, and what arrangement is that? The arrangement is that your friend, the priestess from Oran, negotiated passage with me. And what I negotiated was a small price, but not for your passage. Uh, she bought a prisoner that I have on board. And with the understanding that your group would take the prisoner with you and collect the bounty. So really, it was less that she was paying and more that she was investing in her faith with the assumption that the money that was earned when the bounty was collected, could be used towards the church, whether it was directly returned to a temple or used to support the missions that you would be going on. Okay. Um, does this does this part make sound sense? I mean, I think I can, I can see why it would be something she might do, but I find it odd that she didn't tell us about it. Yes, it is perhaps. I, I, I don't 
claim to know her mind. But if I were to guess, it could be that it is because it is a dwarven prisoner and uh, Boothel pays a, it becomes a bit more alert, a bit more focused when this is mentioned. That's why I specifically asked for Mr. Boothel to join us in this discussion. And Boothel says, what, what manner of crime has been committed that uh, he has been, been captured from far to be returned back to the homeland? And Jalarama answers, well, the, the crime is not a civil crime, not a governance crime, as much as it is a religious crime. He is being returned to answer for crimes against Moradin. I see. You should you should have no fears of dealing with him. He is he has been proven not to be a dangerous man. He is, however, a cunning man. The reason we keep him behind the doors is because he has a way of convincing people, of getting them to come to his side. Yeah, Kefan's already uh, murdered all see. the crewmen and <laughs> let him out. You can you can understand how on a small ship like this, having even one or two people turn to his aid could be problematic. We did not capture him ourselves. He was captured by some clerics of Moradin out in the world, some of his priests. They enacted a particular kind of spell upon him and has made it such that he cannot speak. He can be have that, well, let's call it a curse, uh, temporarily lifted and returned by the person who is in control of his bounty. For right now, that person is me. But there will come a time when I will pass it to one of your group, and then you will be responsible for returning him. Certainly, it makes no never mind to me whether or not he is returned. However, it would speak well of you, uh, since my understanding is that you are headed towards Mr. Boothel's homeland. It would speak well of you to be bringing someone like this in for justice. With that, she sort of concludes what she's saying. doesn't look like she has anything else to add. I see. Um, well, thank you for explaining the situation to us. Again, we just find it perhaps a little odd that we weren't told about it beforehand if that was part of the arrangement, but we understand that it, it was no fault of yours. If you don't mind, uh, since they will become our charge, we may have uh, one of our people stationed near the door to begin the process of uh, taking guard over them. If it is agree- if it is agreeable with you, remaining outside the door at all times is one hundred percent agreeable with me. Mm-hmm. As I said, he is not able to speak right now, but even with that impediment, we have still been warned that he has the ability to draw hearts and minds towards his cause. I will not bar you any longer from opening the door. But I do highly recommend that you only visit ever in pairs. And if 
one of you starts to feel that the other is being influenced, that you both immediately withdraw and just don't spend too much time with him. We'll uh, take your warnings under advisement. Uh, we appreciate it. Although uh, you've met my companions, I, I would feel that uh, perhaps they are unique enough people that uh, perhaps these charms would uh, not work on them. I certainly thought much the same myself, and I almost walked arm-in-arm with him off the ship in Oran. Luckily, Lakshmi was able to bring me to my senses, and I was able to return him. Again, as, as you wish, he is your charge now, or rather, he's financially your charge. I will keep hold of him while he remains on the ship, but if, if you wish to interact with him, that is your will. I will speak to the crew. They will no longer bar you. I just do ask that you take precautions. Oh, thank you. Uh, do you know exactly where we are to deliver him? Is it the uh, same place we're taking Boothal, or is it somewhere different? Yes, it is It is to the home of the Fire Clan. Okay. So, is there anything else? Do you know if, a, uh, if it is a Fire Clan member? I believe that it is, but what I do know is that the crime that was committed was against their clan, and uh, that is what is most important. Mm -hmm. That is why he is being returned. Well, thank you. Uh, I'll go and discuss it with our other uh, member and let them know what's going on, and uh, perhaps we will introduce ourselves briefly with the uh, prisoner. Very well. If uh, you will excuse me, I'm going to head back out, but I will instruct my crew immediately. Very good. Uh, let us know if uh, you need our assistance with anything else. I do appreciate it, and I will let you know. Puthol heads out first. Jalara heads out next. Ramis, spread the word amongst the crew. Our guests are now permitted to... Go see the mouth. And she heads up and takes command of the wheel again. And Ramis runs up and tells him. And he runs below deck and tells everybody else. And then he goes back to his post. Which is actually a post. <laughs> yes, his post at the post. I'll come up and talk to Boothole first. I, I'm definitely... Sorry, I'm standing... I was... Assuming we were just walking down, that's why I moved my character, but I want to definitely be seeing his reaction. I'm very sure. interested in Boothel's reaction. So, go ahead. So, I'm going to ask Boothel, um, do you know of anyone this could be? Uh, or, I guess, what what would be grounds for this kind of uh, punishment? Well, I don't know who it could be. I have been gone from my homeland for quite some time. With that being said, the only crimes that I can think of that would require such strict influence by Morden's own priests would would be, I, I guess, some sort of defamation of artifacts or of creations by the church, but specific issues, I don't, I can't think of anything. Okay. Do you want to be there when we go to meet them? I, I should okay. know who and, it is. 
And I guess the follow-up to that is, since we're taking you back to possibly lead your clan, do you want to take the lead going in to see them, or do you want to have one of us uh, be the one that speaks to them? We should we should see. I think perhaps you, if I am to return, it would be best if I were to return merely as a dwarf, not as a dwarf of the Raven Queen. We dwarves respect her as all peoples do, but we are a particularly devout people. And not knowing what the situation is, and also knowing how integrated Moradin's priests are to the governance of our people, I don't want to ruffle too many feathers as I try and return. Things will be difficult enough as it is without extra stress. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's go down and talk to Kafan and then introduce ourselves to our guest. Hello. <laughs> there are wolves down here. <laughs> well, I'm not going down. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so uh, we'll explain to Kafan uh, what we were told about, uh, I guess it's a prisoner that we were meant to transport to the Fire Clan uh, for crimes against Morden. Why and Why would this be in our charge? I suppose since we were already going there, but again, my, my question is, why, if this is part of the deal, why weren't we told about it before we left? Mm-hmm. But... We were warned that uh, this person is quite cunning and persuasive. So if anyone starts doing anything funny, we're closing the door, we're shutting him up. I look significantly at Aerith. <laughs> anything more nor- uh, unusual? <laughs> <laughs> How would we know? Yeah. We still haven't established a baseline. <laughs> <laughs> you have any other questions that we probably don't have answers to? I have lots of questions, but I it doesn't seem to be any point in asking them. Mm-hmm. Well, good, now that we've got that out of the way. All right. <laughs> All right. Anybody have weapons on them? My weapon is attached to me. I forgot, yeah, I forgot that. Okay. I'm sure we can you, get a hacksaw. You, you stand back. Uh, <laughs> Aerith has his magic available. I will, uh, I will be uh, in front in case this is some sort of magic that I'm not able to protect myself against. Uh, at least I will not be armed if I were to turn on you or give him a weapon. Does anyone have any problems with that plan? Sounds good to me. All set? Okay. I'll knock first and then open the door. So just so you know, the door is not locked, but Mm -hmm. it is barred on the outside. Mm -hmm. So that's why the door did not open when uh, it was hit before. But you don't need a key or anything. You just need to lift the timber in front of the door. Okay. All right. You lift the timber... And you open the door, and you find a particularly diminutive dwarf on the other side. What is not shown in the picture is, I mean, you have heard the phrase, a jaunty hat. But this motherfucker has the jauntiest hat that you ever did see. I have not heard that phrase before. You never heard about someone who wears a jaunty hat? Nope. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) That's sad. It is sad. My grandpa always wore his hat at a jaunty angle. I don't even know that it has a definition, 
that like means anything in terms of like the English language. Draw something. It's jaunt. Yeah, I mean, like jaunty has a definition, but like you know, nothing that like would actually describe a picture. But like, it just means like you have a very carefree attitude. Adjective having a or expressing a lively, cheerful, and self-confident manner. Yeah. So. Okay. So jaunty like. Hat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what we should call the ship. Promise it's the jaunty it's hat. It's, there you go. It's too late for me to remember this. So the next time when we have this thing, and I'm like, what the hell's a jaunty hat? <laughs> or the jaunty just, sail. Just realize that this guy is dressed like someone who does not care. And you're like, hey, maybe I should listen to what that guy has to say. Sometimes he puts his hands up in the air. Sometimes he weighs them like he just doesn't care. Mm-hmm. So you see him. Um, and just a fraction of a second after you notice that he's wearing an incredibly jaunty hat, you also notice that there is what appears to be a riveted metal plate across his face, like his mouth, and seems to hold his mouth together. You look at his hands, and there are manacles keeping them fairly close together. He's not secured in place. He can move about his small room. There are no windows, so it is dark when you close the door. And there is an empty plate. I'm really intrigued. Please describe for me in excruciating detail the plate. <laughs> it's brown. It's Shut up. <laughs> Possibly bought it shop, though. <laughs> he fashioned it from his own stool. Insubordinance is dangerous, Steve. Ew. Lose a hit point. Um, fashioned it from his own stool. No. <laughs> so Paul says, yeah, the... The three peg legs are laying there to the side. Not that kind of stool. But see, that's what it's awesome. It gave you the option of either one. Right. right. If Steve goes for you, then you're like, no, I was talking about just a stool. <laughs> you sicko. Right. So that's what you see when you look inside the room. I'll come up and say, do you know who I am? He nods his head. All I can think of is the usual suspect. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh... He shakes his head no. He does not know. I have been given charge of uh, your transport once we reach shore. Do you understand? He nods his head yes. And there'll be no funny business? (laughs) He does a little jig. And then he shakes his head no. (laughs) Good. He, He approaches you. You do not feel threatened at all. He puts out his arm as though you should link arms. I just stare at him. He does a little jig around you. He makes no attempt to leave at all. Mm-hmm. He's just trying to dance. Okay. His name is Handsome Pete. Jax is for I'll ask, have you been given enough to eat and drink? He shrugs his shoulders, as if to say, I am fed, but not as much as I would like. I'm from a shrug. Yeah. yeah. Very expressive shrug. Yeah. He's very expressive. He's very expressive. Very, his shoulders, they're mm-hmm. just, they speak volumes. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said she transferred the ability to lift the curse to me. Or, uh, she or did she? She not done that she, yet. Okay, she, that's, okay, that's why I, I couldn't remember. She which maintains she it while he's on the ship. Okay, that's just want to make sure. Okay. Yep. I may look into uh, giving you some more rations as long as you keep your good behavior. Would that be agreeable with you? He does another jig. <laughs> this time, he does not shake his head when he's done. Okay. Was uh, Boothlow going to come in and look, or is he staying back? 
Oh, I'm supposed to be um, in there too, but there's no there's no room. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say there's not, there's not a lot of room. He actually was gonna wait until somebody left so that he could okay. go in. Walk out and say he's an odd fellow. <laughs> so Boothel walks in and uh, sees him and looks a little disgusted by him. The guy, however, looks at Boothel and his eyes widen a little bit. I asked him, do you know who that is? He nods his head yes. Boothel, do you know him? No, I do not. And I look at him. Should he know of you? Wait, who is that a- question directed towards? I'm asking John T. Pete here. <laughs> oh, you're asking should, the should, prisoner. Should Boothel know? Boothel of- should know that guy. Yeah. And uh, he shakes his head no. Okay. He will be traveling with us as well. That won't be a problem, will it? He shakes his head no. Good. He shakes it, or he nods his head yes. It is good. Buy him in, a, in some sort of small accordion. Mm-hmm. Is this Kafan going to come in too, at some point? Or? I, I'm thinking Kafan's just kind of standing in the door. Just standing there. Okay. I guess I'll point out the doorway to him. Like he'll be joining us as well. I hope you can see that I travel with unusual companions, and I don't think they'd be easily swayed. So it'd be best if you don't even try. Do you understand? He gives you puppy dog eyes. Yeah, not going to work. I'm the daughter of a merchant. I'll see to it that you get some more food. And I go out and close the door. You find that you like him very much. You find him to be an agreeable person in that mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. And he has a jaunty dance. Well, I mean, everything he about doesn't. him is jaunty. I was going to say, everything about him is jaunty. You had me at walk in the door, get on the floor. Everyone does the dinosaur. Did someone close the door? I, I said I walked out and closed the door. And put and replaced and put, the bar? Yep. Okay, so the, uh, the door is closed and barred. And, you like yeah. him? Mm-hmm. Everybody likes him. Mm-hmm. I don't like him. Yes, you do. Is his name Raymond? So are you guys going to set a watch downstairs? Yes. Yeah, I think we probably should. We'll probably at least probably have two in the room, hopefully to prevent you know one from opening the door and letting him out or something. Okay. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay, well, since you've already been down here for a little bit, yeah, I figure we can uh, have uh, one go for a few hours. Well, there'll be two, but yeah, one can leave and then be replaced with another, and then we'll just kind of keep shuffling people in, not just have two go back and forth. If that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yes, it, it does. does. Okay. Um, I will, since no one else is volunteering, I will volunteer. Okay. I don't say that. I, I just simply. Volunteer. You I know, just sit I will down. say it. I will say it. No one else is doing it. You just lay down. I will do okay. <laughs> and then go limp. Right. All right. Boothel going to go back top deck. And that's about it. I'll go try to catch a nap so I'm ready when it's time to cover my shift. So. All right. Anyone have a problem with fast forwarding for a while? No. Okay. The day progresses and ends much as it started. In terms of weather, foggy, no wind. The sailors continue to cycle through their shifts. We take turns cycling through our watches, which does make things a little less cramped during sleeping time because there's only two bodies in that room instead of four. And the next morning, uh, things are still 
more of the same. There are still heavy fog. There is still no wind. This time, Jalarama stayed up piloting through the night, and Lakshmi relieved her early in the morning so that she could rest. And at a certain point, the sailors are moving about the deck, and suddenly, we'll say, Ramis is up here near the edge, and he gets hit with a spray of water that knocks him overboard. And uh, Callan screams, Man overboard! And, uh... Did it come out of nowhere? I mean, like... It was like a stream of water. It was not like a wave crested over the side of the boat. Like, a stream of water came and hit him and knocked him into the water. Did, did we switch shifts? I'm guessing that we switched shifts throughout. Um, I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out where I am at this point. Right. Gwen would have relieved Kafan. Boothal would have relieved Aerith. And then Kafan would have relieved Boothal. And Aerith would have relieved Gwen. So, I don't know how long... What do you think the shifts were going to be like? This happens um, between 10 and 11 in the morning, we'll say. Okay. I don't know. And it was around 2 in the afternoon when you finished talking to Jalarama. So you guys figure out how long each person's individual shift was, and then we can figure out from there. That require math. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, I didn't sign up for math. I, just, I signed up for a piece of paper with <laughs> lots of numbers on it that I have to eventually add up together to get cool stuff to happen. Four-hour shifts with two... with. One person changing every two hours? I guess. Alright, so that's one pair at two to four, four to six. Just Just, yeah. Well, no one else is going to tell me who is where, so I'll figure it out. So it should be Boothal and Gwen should be down below, I believe. Okay. Sounds good. Which means that Kafan and Aerith are free to move about the cabin. Well, we've both consistently been outside, so yeah. I don't see why that would be any different. So, given that I would be up by the captain, I would just watch to see what the other sailors do to catch the... or what the captain does. I'm in observe mode. As the two other sailors come up, and as Callan comes down, we'll say Callan, who is down by the stairwell... Also gets hit with a stream of water. From where? Can this I isn't make below- in- Can I make a some sort of check to see if I see it? It's going to be in the fog. Oh, so I see. See that? See what? <laughs> see that? Oh, yep. I do now. Like that? That direction. Okay. Does he go Which in the is, water? That stream did not knock him in the water, but shortly after that stream ends. A second stream hits Sid. One, two, and then he's overboard. <laughs> Worried? I come down the stairs. Squids with super soakers. <laughs> Talus grabs the mast and holds on tight, so I'm just going to put him right on top of it. Callan has, after he got hit, uh, was knocked down, and he sort of squirmed over 
and grabbed on to the bars. So I'm going to turn him because he's laying down and he's holding on to the crosshatch there. Can I I do stuff or... What do you want to do? I want to take my axe and drive it into the planking. You can do that if you want. Just to anchor myself? Yep. And then I'm going to yell... (laughs) Aerith's going to go find the anchor and just hold on to it. (laughs) I'm I'm going to yell... Uh, Aerith, give us your beacon. Uh, what? (laughs) Did you talk about having a beacon before? It's a daily. That might have been Steve discussing it out of character. (laughs) No, I was discussing potential options within the game. So in character you just said, it's a daily? (laughs) It's a daily! (laughs) (laughs) Once again, not understanding how to interact, Eris like, look at my character sheet, it's right there! (laughs) Tattooed to my chest. Uh, Which is a real pain to roll up. It's only a burst one. Can't you make it... It's not close burst though, right? No, it's within within 10 squares. So, I mean, I can move it literally like space by space, assuming this thing never moves, so I'm not going to do it. Oh. And he mentioned before that the lighting was like when you go through fog and someone has their brights on, so I don't know if it would necessarily help either. Yeah. I'm telling you this because I wasn't going to do it anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Also, you're not the boss of me. Yeah, also, also go to hell. <laughs> okay. Kavan has dug his axe into the... Planks. And Aerith will go down, will go such, down such that only the upper half of his body is exposed. You get shot in the leg. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. I was hoping. Okay. Hoping we'd go there. Kaban gets hit by a stream of water. You do not get moved, but you do fall, lose your footing and fall down. Oh. And, Does uh, he fall on his axe and decapitate himself? Because that'd be awesome. <laughs> Aerith gets hit with a stream of water, which is enough to sort of spin you on the ladder. You don't fall. You just go from, like, hands and feet and face all facing the same direction to you're kind of holding out with one hand. Your chest is turned perpendicular to your feet, and you're sort of getting blown towards the port side edge of the opening. Hmm. Uh... I'm going to reassert myself and look up and see what the captain is doing. The captain is grabbing a rope and using it to secure Lakshmi to the wheel. (laughs) You'll steer this boat or you'll die trying. (laughs) Right. Okay. I'll I'll yell up to the captain, what is this thing? And, uh... Callan has also been yelling down to the other sailors to come up top because people are being knocked overboard. Come on up. Mm. <laughs> Something's I'm knocking us all overboard. I'm probably okay. <laughs> Only you'll die if you come up. So, they came up. Wait, how did they come up there? They came up the stairs. Oh, oh no, wait. Yes, right. You're there. Uh, so they, well, would... they can go up the stairs. The stairs are just over on the other side. I, I was I meant the ladder, but I I'm in the way. But yes, exactly. So they probably would have gone over to that side, seeing that you weren't moving, and then come up through the stairs. Well, if they try to be side. like, this is not it's not advisable for you to come up here. They go the other way. <laughs> Your shirts are red. 
What? Oh, I get it. I get jokes. I get jokes. <laughs> Gregor runs here and grabs a rope that is coiled up in front of the boat and tosses it out to Ramus, who catches it and sort of passes it along to Sid, and they start to pull themselves up towards the boat. I just assumed they were, like, dead already. No, they got hit with water, and they got sprayed. It's like, imagine getting hit with a fire hose. Like, it sucks, and then you fall into the ocean, and that sucks too. But, like, you're not dead. I assume the sharks would eat them. (laughs) Well, just because they haven't doesn't mean they won't. Mm, Fair. Fair enough. Hard, but fair. At a certain point, the guys have started, or the sailors have started to climb the rope up to get back into the boat. Gregor, once he threw the rope down, did sit down on the deck of the boat. A stream of water came, but it didn't really hit anybody because everybody's kind of already knocked down or spun already, and they can't get knocked any worse. So as this, the sailors are, I'm going to put him back down where he belonged, uh, starting to climb up the rope. You said he was on top of the mast, so that's what I did. Oh, what I said was I'm going to put him on top of the mast, like right there at the base. <laughs> well, it's not on top, is it? <laughs> Jalarama comes down the stairs. And uh, grabs one of the lanterns and grabs a, you son of a bitch, Humphrey, (laughs) Um, and grabs a stick that is next to it. She douses the stick in oil and uh, then lights it afire and then tosses it into the water. (laughs) What the hell is that supposed to prove? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, <laughs> with the stick in the water, with the oil, with it being on fire, uh, it does float, and the part that stays above water does remain on fire. And uh, what you can see in the water are a couple of well, water elementals. Yeah. They're not, they're not elementals. They are mafits. Oh, so crappy water elementals. Yes, that's fair. With squirt guns, with super powerful squirt guns. That's are why they, they call them super soakers and not shitty boots? soakers. Oh wait, Steve's measuring. Oh no, okay, just for right, you know, S's and G's. This is when Kafan's really gonna shine. I know. In melee. From a boat. <laughs> Me too. I'll just stay down here. I have one ranged attack. So, uh, once, <laughs> when the fire gets there and reveals what is in the water, Jalarama runs to that end of the deck and starts shouting, Be gone, spirits! Uh, you've had your fun! Leave us! Hmm. Defenses. And uh probably didn't pray hard enough to Melora. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> Burn. <laughs> and uh you guys kicked off the boat. As we're sitting in a dinghy in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> Such an asshole. <laughs> when she finishes shouting, two of them do leave, but one of them comes and steps onto the boat. And uh Oh what the heck, let's roll initiative. Hmm. That'll be a good place to break the episode. Bum, yeah, bum, bum. 
that would be a great place to break the episode. So join us next time to see if Cadfan drowns. On a boat. It's the only Orphan. one. Everyone else Orphan is fine. Just dies. Yeah, everyone <laughs> else is fine. Only Cadfan is in danger. Oh, As always, thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter at LTMGaming or send any email comments to podcast at LTMGaming.com. Thank you.